And it's Jameson Fink with another episode of Wine Without Worry. Wine Without Worry is brought to you by Wente Vineyards, America's oldest family-owned winery and California's first family of Chardonnay. You can visit them online at wentevineyards.com. And on today's show, we're going to uh, travel quite a distance. It's actually a country I've visited in the past for wine, and it's uh, two long flights, but really worth it because it's one of the most beautiful wine destinations you'll ever visit. I'm talking about South Africa, and I'm really excited to have as my guest Jean-Baptiste Christini. He is uh, in charge of marketing and sales for both Fairview and Spice Root for the entire planet. So he's got a lot of responsibility, but he has a lot of great wines to, uh, to showcase. So uh, Jean-Baptiste, welcome to the show. My first question for you is, as you travel around the globe and are Let's say you're at a consumer event, you're pouring wines for people. What are some of the, the, the big questions that people have who aren't familiar with South African wine? Thanks so much, Jemison, and thanks for having me. It's a, it's a very rainy evening in, in Cape Town tonight. The, um, the thing with South Africa is that we're so far removed from everywhere else is that people, the first question is, uh, which country in South Africa, to be honest? Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, when, you, when you realize that a lot of people, uh, unfortunately, don't even know that South Africa exists as a country, you know that you've got a long way to go after that. Right. No um, but um, but after, apart from that, I would say that, uh, of course, m- a lot of wineries like ourselves have, uh, have Pinotage, which is our local, local grape, uh, which is a hybrid grape, um, which m- many people don't know. So we tend to explain what Pinotage is. And uh, and then people are fascinated by the style of wine because they don't really know in in what uh, box to put us, whether we're new world or old world, because we have such a distinctive style of wine in South Africa. Yeah, well, I like to think that it's sort of a, a blend of, uh, you know, like when we say old world, like European wines, which are maybe more sort of earthy driven and new world, like say fruity uh Australian Shiraz or uh, big, rich Napa Cabernet. I like to think that South Africa occupies kind of a happy place in the middle of those two styles. Is, would you agree with that? I would definitely agree with that. And uh, but we're we're really we're really uh, fighting against the how, how could you say the, um, the the stigma or the stigmata of uh, of uh, of creating our own own style of wine in South Africa. Because we are, we know we, we're we're somewhere in the middle there from from an international uh, drinker's point of view, but uh, people don't quite know whether to put us close to New World and cl- or closer to European wines, and uh, where we're just our own wines at the end of the day. Right. And you mentioned Pinotage earlier, and that is a grape. I mean, people say this, but it's really, I mean, not that helpful to a lot of people. It's a cross between uh, Cinso and Pinot Noir, correct? That is that is the case, yes. So, but it was a hybrid that started in South Africa in the 1920s. It was uh, one of our viticultural professors in Stenbosch, which is Stenbosch is the equivalent of the town of Napa for California. It's really the center of our um, of our winelands hub, if you like. Mm. Um, and he he was in love with Pinot Noir, like many of us in the <laughs> yeah, in the amen. wine world are. Uh, but um, but unfortunately, uh, most of our climates in South Africa are a little bit too warm for, South Af- for Pinot Noir. They are, we have found some, some climates since, but uh, generally it's a bit too warm. So he, he crossed, uh, crossed um, this Pinot Noir with, uh, with Cinso, which is a grape originally from the, sou- from the southern Rhone, so it resists the heat a little bit w- better. 
in, in the hope that it would uh, create a, a hybrid that uh, produced some produced um, a vine that could resist our, our our African sun. So as a red wine drinker, what am I in store for when I get Pinotage poured in my glass? Honestly, it's one of the more versatile varieties in, in South Africa. It, can, it does very well in cool climates, actually similar climates to where we can grow Pinot Noir in South Africa, like uh, Walker Bay, which is on our on our extreme uh, uh, east coast. But it can also grow in very warm climates. So it really has a... Uh, Different expressions uh, compared, uh, depending on which climate it grows in, but generally you'll it, it can produce quite a um, quite a rich wine uh, with a lot of uh, red fruit. Red fruit that's similar to the the aromatics of of Pinot Noir actually, but with uh, more texture, more robust than uh, than Pinot Noir of course, or Sincere actually. Let's talk about where it's grown specifically. Um, some uh, Australia or I'm um, sorry, South Africa's wine regions. Um, so you're in Cape Town right now, and I know Spice yes. Root has a lot of vineyards in a region called the, the Swartland. And uh, where is that from where you are? Like if you got in your car right now or, or pr- preferably in the morning and, and drove there, like where, where would you be pointing your car and how long would it take? So it would be basically due north from where I am now. Uh, Cape Town is, uh, occupies the peninsula of the Western Cape. So it's a little, a little you could say, a horn at the, on, the, on the tip of Africa. And uh, if you go directly north, you'll be f- you're following the Atlantic uh, Ocean up the west coast, and uh, up that coast you have you have the Swartland. It's about just under an hour's drive um, from uh, from the city of Cape Town itself. And I've been to uh, Swartland, and um, I would say you know Stellenbosch is probably the most famous wine region. There's another Franschhoek, but. Um, but Swartland is is a lot different than um, these regions that are very uh, uh, well. They're lush and verdant and really um, you know stunning. And of course, Swartland has its own beauty. But how is it distinct as a as a, a region, sort of geographically, or when you get there? I mean, what are you looking at? Yes, a lot of the other regions like Stellenbosch and Franschhoek, as you mentioned, which are which are further east of uh, east and northeast of Cape Town, uh, are indeed more lush. There's more rainfall. Um, they're they're cooler as well, and they're and they've got these beautiful mountains. It's quite majestic. When you go into the Swartland, so if you're driving from Stellenbosch, you're driving basically west towards the coast, and you it starts to become drier. Uh, there's there's a, a significant amount of rain, but it all falls in the winter, not in the summer months. So um, and it's also a, a region that is uh, dominated by uh, wheat agriculture. So there are a lot during the summer months. There are a lot of uh, bare uh, fields that have all been uh, all been harvested for wheat. So it, it really looks a little. It looks it looks more African, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when you look at um, Stellenbosch and Franschhoek, it's beautiful. You have old architecture, um, beautiful green, lush farms and mountains. And you come to the Swartland, and it's it's most probably the one of the more African. Uh, um, regions. It's more arid. There's there are more dry spots. But then where you have uh, the f- the few mountain ranges that you have in uh, in the Swartland are generally are a little bit cooler, have a little bit more access to water, and have soils that are beneficial for viticulture. And what are some of the grapes that that work well there for uh, for the spice root wines? Is it just um, is it just red grapes, or do you have white ones as well? So originally the Swartland was really sort of um, a mass-producing region that, that supplied a lot of uh, bulk wine to regions like Franschhoek and Stellenbosch. But in the 1990s, Charles, um, 
the owner of uh, Spice Food and uh, my boss, Charles Back, uh, discovered, re- rediscovered, if you like, uh, my uh, yes, Charles Back, rediscovered the Swatland, and uh, and but everything was planted in the Swatland. You could find Sauvignon Blanc, Chenin, um, Chardonnay, uh, Syrah, etc., et Cabernet, Merlot, etc., etc. Uh, but we we realized over the last 15 years that the the varieties that really work well are genuinely Mediterranean varieties. So varieties like uh, Syrah, Mourvedre, but also Grenache. We also have the mother block of Petit Syrah of South Africa on our farm, which is producing beautiful wines and uh, generally more robust uh, robust uh, viticultural um, uh, selections that can resist resist the droughts in in, um, in, in of the summer. So are these uh, are these vineyards irrigated or are they dry farmed? That's the one of the one of the the, the great obstacles, but which also gives us the opportunity to to take the viticulture a little bit more seriously. Is that there's there is very little access to water in most of the Swatland, so you don't have a choice. You have to choose the, uh, precisely the right soil and 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 right uh, type of grape to to produce great wine in the Swatland. Um, it's a it's a very unforg- unforgiving uh, region of region of the world. So um, so yes, everything is dry land farms and uh, without irrigation, and so the the vines go very deep into our where our part of the Swatland. Our our soils are what we call ferrocrete soils. They're uh, very deep, iron rich clay, uh, which helps us um, bring bring uh, water su- supply to the to the vine roots. Mm-hmm. And one of the um uh, besides the Swartland, there's also, um, I don't know if it's a region within Swartland, or you can explain it to me, that's a little cooler where uh, for spice root you have some white wine grapes, and it's called Darling. Um, uh, where is exactly. that region um, in comparison to Swartland? So on, the, on our Swartland farm, so where we have most of our red grapes, we do have a little bit of Chenin and some Viognier, which are basically two varieties that, that resist the sun well and can... Uh, can really produce interesting wines in in a warm climate like uh, the Swatland climate. There are other varieties that can do well as well, but those are the two that we have. Then Darling, which used to be a part of the Swatland, it's actually geographically inside the Swatland, but it's so different to the Swatland that it's become its own ward. A ward in South Africa is equivalent to the American AVA. Mm -hmm. And uh, Darling is, interestingly enough, uh, has the same soil types as the Swatland, but it's on the extreme west coast, so right in front of the Atlantic Ocean. And our Atlantic Ocean is very cold. It's about 55 degrees in the middle of summer. So uh, uh, the Atlantic Ocean has a very uh, extreme cooling effect to to the, the the vines that we have we have planted there. So we can we can plant cool climate grapes like vines like uh, Sauvignon Blanc, Semillon, Vermentino. But we even have a few red varieties there, like Sangiovese, Barbera. And a little bit of Syrah and Grenache as well, and they all they all produce fantastic results there. Yeah, one thing that's interesting about I mean, when we talk about this, where does where do the wines of South Africa land as far as Old World or New World, or they're their own thing? Um, I really enjoy the Sauvignon Blancs, and one of the things I think about is that kind of you know uh, in France, Sancerre, uh, you know, probably the world's most famous Sauvignon Blanc, and then you have the incredible popularity of uh, still, Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand. I'm wondering what what makes South African Sauvignon Blanc distinct, and do you get a lot of as uh, is, is New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc a a popular wine within South Africa? Do you get a lot of it imported? 
We, to be honest, we don't. We, we, there are a few people that import some, some European wines, but we get hardly any uh, New World wines in, in South Africa. Mm-hmm. We have w- way too much uh, local wine to, to drink ourselves. Right. But, um, but no, it's actually Sauvignon Blanc would be one of the more expressive um, examples, especially from, from, from the region of Darling. Be one of the more expressive examples of how South Africa situates itself between old world and new world. I mean, these Sauvignon Blancs that we're talking about in Darling are dryland farm vineyards um, planted on these deep uh, granite and decomposed uh, clay soils, they, which gives the wine a, a very particular texture that is very that's unique to the wines of Darling. And um, but there's still uh, we still look for maturity in the grapes. We harvest the we harvest them uh, quite late, but not as as late as say New Zealand. Uh, we don't go and fetch those same ripe uh, um, aromas that uh, a New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc would would fetch. So we have we have the influence of our soils plus um, plus a, a modern approach to um, to viticulture, which basically situates our the style of Sauvignon Blanc, especially from Darling, in that. There is fruit on the and and complex aromatics, but uh, a mid palate and a, and a texture that makes the gives the wines a sense of place that um, is not reminiscent at all of Sancerre or Puy-Fumé's style, but uh, in texture maybe. Mm-hmm. And you're listening to Wine Without Worry with Jameson Fink. You can keep up with my. Uh, non-podcasting adventures at jamesonfink.com. I'm also a contributing editor at Grape Collective, grapecollective.com. My guest is Jean-Baptiste Cristini from Spice Root in Fairview in South Africa. And to learn more about Fairview, you can go to fairview.co.za, Spice Roots at spicerootwines.co.za. And coming up, I'm going to ask Jean-Baptiste about uh, a signature white grape for South Africa, if there is one, blends, and we'll talk a little food and uh, visiting Fairview. So Jean-Baptiste, uh, I'm a, we talked about, I mentioned Sancerre, I'm a big uh, Loire Valley white wine and, and red wine and everything nut, but um, Chenin Blanc to me is um, uh, an, uh, an amazing and versatile grape there. You've got sparkling wines, you've got dry wines, off dry wines, rich sweet wines, um, what's what, where does Chenin Blanc stand in South Africa, and is there that same kind of diversity of of styles across the board? We definitely share a, a passion of of Chenin Blanc and of the Loire. I, I, I must say, I've I learned a lot from 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 Loire wines, and and they're some of the most incredible and great best value wines in the world. Yeah, amen. Um, Chenin South Africa was originally planted because it was so versatile, just like in. Uh, in, uh, in 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 the Loire, you can make sweet wines, very dry wines, uh, effervescent wines, as you say. So a lot of uh, Chenin was planted uh, initially because we wanted to make off dry wines in South Africa, and we wanted to, we used a lot of them for distillation as well. South Africa is a very uh, we make some quite beautiful brandy in South Africa. Um, we're one of the largest producers of brandy in the world, and um, and so Colombar and Chenin were the two uh, the two grapes we 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 generally use for for our brandies. But uh, the, we've we've planted a lot of Chenin uh, uh, over the past hundred years or even more. So it's one of our greatest heritages viticulturally as well. We have it's the most planted grape in South Africa, and we actually have more Chenin planted in South Africa than there is in the whole of France. Wow. Um, so it is officially a <laughs> more South African grape than anything else. Maybe not genetically, but uh, but in volume. 
So it's a, it is it is definitely our our signature. If you would to choose one variety in South Africa, it is the grapes. One of the few grapes we can plant in most of our in most of our regions, most of our climates, because as you said, it's so versatile. We can make dry wines, sweet wines. We do make a few sparklings. Not I would say not as uh, successfully as um as uh, as the Loire produces, but. Uh, Definitely, our, our dry styles are are really um, are really incredible. Um, it's really a, a variety that I'm com- very passionate about in South Africa. I think uh, not only because we, we have old vines and we have a lot of experience with it. I just think it adapts to our granite soils uh, and our shale soils very well, and um, and it's just it it has a unique expression that. Really, you, it's not like Vouvray. It's not like uh, Mont Louis. It's not like uh, Saumur or like uh, or like uh, Coulet de Serrand. But it's uh, it's just the South African Chenin is really finding its own style, and it's very exciting to taste the wines that are coming out at the moment. The 12s, the 13s, the 14s are are really really stunning wines. And not trying to be like anything else. At one stage, our Chenins in South Africa were trying to be like Sauvignon Blanc or be like uh, Oak Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're so versatile, you can manipulate the wines to be like that. Um, but uh, people are going, people have uh, sort of steered away from that, that uh, that idea that Shannon has to fit another category of wine, and just embracing the fact that uh, Shannon is amazing for what it is, and just respecting the the grape for what it is. And, and what kind of Chenin Blancs do you have at uh, Fairview and, and Spice Root? I mean, are they like just kind of you know refreshing? Uh, light porch pounder type of wines or more sort of serious, uh, richer styles or a little bit of both? Uh, we, we like to experiment at, uh, at Fairview especially, and we do a little bit of experimentation at, uh, at, at Spice Root as well, uh, but our, our Spice Root wines are more site-specific. Um, at Fairview, our, our Chenin comes from Darling as well, actually. It's a cool climate Chenin. Uh, un-oaked, um, but on, on those unirrigated vineyards, and it really has very similar to maybe um, a sec, uh, a sec wine from the Loire, Deli- delicate but intense mid palate. Uh, but as I said, a bit like the when we were comparing Sancerre to Sauvignon Blanc, the textures uh, are reminiscent, but the the aromatics and the the whole style of the wine is of course completely unique. Uh, we also make uh, we do have of course have a little bit of pressed wine, and we we separate the the press from the wine from the rest. So we um, we do make a, a more refreshing, lighter style of Chenin as well, which is called Le Capra. Um, and generally, our younger vineyards and our press wines will be made with, uh, will be bottled under Le Capra, but our Fairview Darling Chenin is a little bit more serious. Mm-hmm. We also make a straw wine from our Chenins. We oh, have, um, cool. we have, yeah, we have a little bit of Chenin planted on our main farm in, in Paul, on the main Fairview farm, and, and it's a little bit warmer, so uh, not necessarily as uh, ideal for for a brighter, fresher style of Chenin. So we pick it as a dry wine, but we leave it on the on straw in a in a shed for um, for a couple of weeks, and then we blend it with a little bit of uh, Muscat Frontignon um, in uh, to make a straw wine called Le Barrel Blanc. Mm-hmm. Perfect with the cheeses that we make on our farm, actually. Oh, fantastic! And then at spice and spice root, uh, it's a, it's a single vineyard Chenin that we make. Quite a de- uh, relatively old vineyard. It's a vineyard that was planted in 1978. Also a dryland farm vineyard, but in the Swatland. So the wines are naturally more robust. And we make this inspired by 
what um, Domaine Huette does in uh, Vouvray, mm -hmm. is that we have this one block of of, uh, of vineyards. We do a first harvest in uh, when on the top part of the vineyard where the grapes get riper a little bit more quickly. We pick that and we put it into tank for, fer for fermentation. And then um, about two weeks later, we go back in the vineyard, depending on, on how the maturation goes, and we pick the second, the bottom part, the second half of the of the block, and that gets pressed and goes into, directly into fermentation to very old barrels. And so we make like so we make basically a sort of a sec chenin and a, and a demi sec chenin. We ferment them both dry, and then we blend the two together to make our spicer chenin. So it's two different pickings, but from the same block. This is really great for us at. Uh, at Spice Root, because it's so warm, it enables us to have a fresh component and a more complex component that often gets a lot of uh, noble uh, noble rot, botrytis. Mm -hmm. And we've talked a lot about uh, single grapes like Sauvignon Blanc, Pinotage, Chenin Blanc, but um, one thing when we previously talked that you had mentioned that you're really excited about is you think um, red blends are something that can really be, uh, that are, people should really take notice of South, uh, in South Africa. Can you talk a little bit about um, your enthusiasm for the red blends and maybe some of the uh, combinations that people find mm -hmm. in the wines of, of, of Spice Root and Fairview. Yes, definitely. There's, I think generally, if you look across the world, you'll see that in, in, in very cold climates, people tend to single out uh, parcels of vineyard and varieties and bottle them separately. And the warmer you get, the 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 more blending makes sense. I mean, if you look at Germany, France, Italy, it's very much the case. Mm. Um, the further you south you go, the more, the more blending is a, is a component in, in winemaking. So that generally, mo the, the majority of our, of our climates in South Africa are, are Mediterranean. If you look at, a, if you look at a, a geographical or climate map of the world, you will see the, the, the climate that is classified as a Mediterranean climate is only exists in the in the northern Mediterranean and in the Western Cape. There's, the Western Cape is the only other region in the world which has a climate called Mediterranean. So it's it's generally um, because of our climate and our variety of soils that it's interesting for us for us to blend. Um, for where reds are concerned, there's our blends can can go far and wide. At Spice Root, we our signature blend is uh, Chakalaka, which we which we tasted, which is one of my my favorite wines that we make. It's um, the idea behind Chakalaka is not to have one majority variety. The idea is to rub out rub out the varietal characteristic, and we blend six different varieties, all of them less than 50 percent, and uh, but all planted on the same soil. So basically, it's a it's a wine for, it's a red wine for the Swatland with no variety on the label. Just um, just an expression of the Swatland itself, and that wine has 2012, which we're going to start blending in the next. Uh, which sorry, we just we're going to start bottling in the next week. Is 30 uh, percent less than 30 percent Syrah, less than 30 percent uh, Mourvedre, then a little bit of Grenache, some Petit Syrah, which you know well in 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 the U.S., some yep. Carignan, and some and some Tanat which is a variety originally from the southwest of France, also also Mediterranean. Chakalaka is uh, a mixture of spices, correct? Yes, it's our, it's our, it's our, it's South Africa's answer to curry, if you mm -hmm. like. 
Mm-hmm. And every every everyone has their own recipe, right? Yes, chakalaka. It's it's a Zulu word. It means uh, it actually means together in Zulu, and it's uh, it's it's the potluck, if you like. Mm-hmm. It's uh, basically when you want to make a relish or a stew, you throw a whole lot of spices and maybe some vegetables in the bottom of the of the of the pot, and you let them simmer, and it be, it becomes a, a sauce, and that is called chakalaka. And um, since we're talking about food, it's a good time to talk about uh, Fairview, the winery, when you visit, because when you go there, I mean, wine is just um, uh, one component of a, a much larger experience. Can you talk about um, what people can expect if they get a chance to uh, visit Fairview? Yes, in, in South Africa, because we're so close to Cape Town, and Cape Town is a, is a place where, uh, where tourism is, uh, is flourishing, we could say, especially since uh, the 2010 uh, Soccer World Cup, which we did very badly in, but we did very <laughs> well in organizing it. Um, the Fairview is, uh, used to be off the beaten track because most people will travel to Franschhoek and Senbosch, which are, um, which are more prominent in, in, the, in the wine tourism industry. Uh, but Charles really um, made a change to the, to the whole uh, wine tourism industry in South Africa by um, just make, uh, tailoring an offering that makes people want to come back and visit us. We make 130 different wines at Fairview. Wow. Uh, that sounds like a, lo- uh, a lot. So it yeah. sounds like we have, we're a very big producer, but we produce everything from our own vineyards. And we make very, very small batches of wine. So people tend to come back a lot and taste the new wines that we're making. We're always experimenting on something new. Um, and then on the other hand, uh, Charles's parents were passionate about Loire cheeses. So uh, they came back from a trip in, from the Loire in the 1970s once, and they wanted to make goat's cheese. So they took, a, took on a few goats, and at that time, Fairview was always was still um, multicultural. There, was, uh, there wasn't only wine being made in the farm. So I uh, started milking a few goats and starting testing out um, some, some goat cheese production. And we've gone from, in the 1970s, making a, a very scary type of goat's cheese uh-huh. um, <laughs> into one of the, one of the only and, 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 and most famous uh, farm-produced farm cheeseries in, in, in South Africa. We have about 800 to 1,000 goats on the farm at any given time. Um, so people come and taste our cheeses as well. But we also we love to make everything ourselves. So we're we've eliminated all cans and sodas and etc. Mm-hmm. from our farm. We have a little restaurant on our farm, so where you can taste the cheeses, but you can't have any Coca-Cola or any uh, anything like that. We make all our soft drinks ourselves, with cordials. We have our own bakery, and of course our cheeses and our wines, and um, and yeah. So it's a, it's a very unique experience. And you get to see the goats too. I mean, oh, there's the kind of the famous yes. goat tower. Yes, we have we have a very famous goat tower in the front of our uh, in the front of our, our winery, which uh, which Charles actually built in the in the 1980s for after a visit to Portugal, where these goat towers are actually quite popular, mm-hmm. and the goats tend to walk up the tower, walk back down, and and it's uh, it's become an emblem of of Fairview. Yeah, I, there's somewhere I know I have a, a picture of me in front of the goat yes, tower. Everybody it's, it's, has a, you to. have to. It's a, yeah, you're obligated you to. to. Yeah, it's, it's like the Eiffel Tower in Paris. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, um, it's a great experience um, going there, definitely. Um, but our most, our most exciting uh, part of, the, of wine tourism at the moment is uh, we've, 
we've built a we built a whole new um, farm concept around the fa- on, around the Fairview farm. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, the Spice Root farm. Um, of course, we Spice Root has been a winery since the 19, 1990s, but we never had a tasting room for Spice Root. And uh, in 2012, uh, we took over a farm in Paul and uh, started uh, to have somewhere to show the Spice Root wines, which uh, which people could never taste uh, outside of uh, outside of a restaurant or one the one two wine shops where it was listed. So. Um, because we we've also noticed that people are interested in seeing what's produced um when when they're buying it we uh we met uh, m- many uh craftsmen and uh and artisans in 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 around in and around the western cape that were doing making stuff in their garage or or doing 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 amazing things because the cape is a, is really a, a hub for creativity as as those who have ever been here would would realize, and so we we brought people on onto our farm, helped and helped them hone their craft, if you like. And if you come to Spice Root today, um, we make beers because oh, wow. we have uh, some beautiful uh, um, granite uh, spring water on our farm. Actually, uh, I was just drinking a beer while we we're chatting, and it uh, makes me think that it's actually a beer we use, and we use uh, Washington hops. Oh wow! Uh, or Oregon hops. We use Amarillo and uh, Cascade uh-huh. for the one pale, ale, the one uh, amber ale that we make. Nice. So, um, and uh, we we make uh, bean to bar chocolate. We roast our own coffee beans. We roast our own um, cocoa beans, and uh, we also have a little charcuterie uh, on the farm. And we make our own biltong, which is our local uh, beef jerky. And uh, we dis- we have a little micro distillery as well, where we make some amaros and some grappas. And uh, yeah, so it's a very interesting place to visit as well. Yeah, it sounds like there are a lot of exciting things going on, um, not just at Spice Root and Fairview, but also in the South African wine industry. And so I want to thank you, Jean-Baptiste, for being on the show. Uh, I think it's a great uh, introduction to what's going on in South Africa wine-wise, and that there's a lot of diversity of, of wines and styles and grapes and blends. There's a you know, dry and sweet, and there's just a, a lot to explore, and it's really exciting. So thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you so much. Just for those who have never been here, one of the, the best ways I've ever found to describe um, Cape Town and, and the area around it is if you take Rio and San Francisco and you mix them together, then you get Cape Town. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's a great selling point. It is it is a beautiful city with Table Mountain and the water and everything. So yes, go yes, to uh, go to Cape Town and go visit Spice Root and go visit Fairview or uh, or grab a bottle when you're at home and uh, start start planning your journey. So thanks again, Jean Baptiste. Thanks you so much, Thomas. I look forward to having a beer with you here. Okay, cheers to that. <laughs>